Hello and welcome to Minip, your fantasy sports community. I'm your host, Blake, coach of Youngies Yaks, and I'm joined by Clinton. I'm coach of Dash's Dogs. How are you, Blake? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Good to be here for our AFL Fantasy and Supercoach Round 10 show. Thank you to anyone who is listening or watching the show, whether it be on Apple or Spotify podcasts and on the YouTube channel. So thank you for that. Make sure you leave a like and subscribe. And also, we'd like to encourage our community to also leave a comment on the show notes um, and just give us some feedback as to how you'd like us to improve the show and just any pieces of feedback would be appreciated. Um, just like Evan last week who said he's uh, loving the content. So thank you, Evan, for commenting on our YouTube show last week. Um, but yeah, any feedback is appreciated, I would say, Clinton. Positive or negative, direct them straight to you, Blake, and you can respond. And uh, yeah, very, we'd love to continue to uh, improve the show. And if Blake isn't doing you know, good enough hosting job. I don't know what it might be, but nah, he's, he's doing a good job, Blake. And we will, um, yeah, now we're going pretty well this year and we're hoping for a big second half of the season. Yeah, just don't taunt me like uh, Luke Parker does to Dylan Shield, and um, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> Can we just um, touch on that? Uh, after Essendon's I'd... defeat of Hawthorne and... <laughs> Uh, I think there's something we was referred to last week and I did say I had a feeling Sydney might go well and that should have been a 20-goal victory, really. Um, so I was on the money that uh, Sydney, or I, sh- I should say Essendon, were going to get a bit more of a reality check. Um, no, I think <laughs> most, Essendon support, most Essendon supporters were in, agree- in agreement with you that we're going to get smacked and... Um, Dylan Shield deserved that taunting by Luke Parker, by the way. He needs to learn to put his head over the footy. And we don't need to bring that up. Probably, but I think, I think that's the last uh, time we talk about Essendon, I think, for the rest of the show. I think everyone should know that over the past couple of years throughout COVID, you've actually copied Dylan Shield's haircut a couple of times. So maybe you should bring that back, Blake. What do you think? <laughs> the, uh, the, the lockdown hairdo. Um, I'll never be copying Dylan Shield's hairdo ever again. Um, yeah, can, can we stop talking about Essendon now, please? <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Um, let's get into a round review of Supercoach. We'll start off with Clinton. So uh, last week I scored 2,267, which actually boosted me up in the rankings, even though it was about a par score. Um, that boosted me up in the rankings to be 9,600. 688. So um, pretty happy to be inside the top 10K now. After round one, I was about nearly 80,000. So happy to be inside the top 10K. Um, I got my captaincy option right with Petrarca in the end. I made three trades last week, Clinton, pretty much as exactly um, what I said I would do on last week's show. I traded out Caldwell, Dacos, and Horn Francis. And brought in Greg Clark a week early. Cripps, who had probably his lowest score for the year. So thank you, Patrick. And uh, I brought in Petrarca and captained him. So pretty happy with that standout there from Christian Petrarca. Um, how did you go, Clinton? You had a good week. Um, 23.71. Um, uh, which has now sent me to the ranking of 1,451. So, yeah, pretty pleasing with how the team has progressed recently. Um, I also boosted. Uh, I got rid of O'Driscoll with his long-term injury, uh, Horn Francis, and then I also got rid of Jake Bowie, which I wasn't sure I was going to, um, obviously with the West Coast matchup, but I'm... Happy I did. I decided um, to uh, bring in Darcy Cameron, as I mentioned last week. Dane Zorko, which were both risky, but I was um, yeah, um, happy with their returns. And Morris Rioli came into my team. There was obviously a lot of debate about which rookie I'd bring in. Um, I was looking at, yeah, potentially trying to field McComb if he scored well, but he didn't. And then, yeah, so I ended up with Rioli. He was on my bench. A lot of, I know a lot of people did 
bring him in and fielded him. But yeah, I avoided his seven. Um, but I'm happy to hear that he's going, still going to be playing this week. Um, so yeah, I, I was a bit worried that Bailey may have hurt me, but yeah, I can't remember exactly what he scored, but it didn't hurt me too much. Zorko, just touching on Zorko, watching that game was quite frustrating because I was that was my biggest uh, risky move, I'd suppose. I think Darcy Cameron did his part with his score of 90. Um, so I was happy with that. But yeah, Zorko was the one I was really nervous about. And watching that game, he was very quiet or, yes, especially early. And he wasn't doing a lot. But then, yeah, he, he just that, he's just that player that can score very quickly. And he scored, kicked two goals in the last quarter. Um, yeah, just some random contested moments. And he can score quick. So I, st- I actually don't think he played that well. Um, and he still scored 103. So um, at, at this point in time, I'm still happy with the pick, but I'm not super excited. Um, he was my D6 upgrade, so I'll wait and see if that's a great move or not. Um, yeah, I VC'd McRae, 117. I didn't take it. I went to Lockie Neal, captain. He scored 115. Um, so, yeah, I was going to potentially... Yeah, go with a Melbourne player. Um, I, was, I probably would have gone Oliver. So, in some way, I'm happy I stuck with Neil. And yeah, so happy with the score. Um, after the trades last week, I was on 18 trades, and now I'm very tempted to use another my last boost this week. And I'm leaning towards doing that. So, yeah, happy with the score, happy with the rank, and hoping to still prepare myself for the buys and continue to climb the ranks. Yeah, you're going very well, Clinton. Um, after Zorko was on pretty much zero at quarter time, you'd be very happy with the outcome there. Um, let's get into our guess who. I, I, think, some, like? I think some of the feedback that will come through, Blake, is how good I'm like, it, yeah. The jingles are so. If if anyone's watching or listening, I'm sure all the feedback will come piling in. That uh, the jingles are awesome. So well done. Well, I haven't heard any feedback so far <laughs> to say it's not good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Maybe let me know if it's no good. Is that I'm wearing an Arsenal shirt and I don't want to actually talk about them, but I am wearing an Arsenal shirt. Maybe uh, good game this morning. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Anyway, we we always record on a Wednesday night, and Arsenal had a very disappointing last few games. So, just threw away a top four finish and handed it to your team, Tottenham. So, yeah. Anyway, disappointing. Good. Yeah. Um. Let's keep FBL matters for another show. But you are wearing Arsenal, so very happy Tottenham supporter today. Um. Do you remember who last week's guess who was, Clinton? Uh. Was it Boke? No, Tom Lynch. Tom no, Lynch that, was, that was the week before Tom you, Lynch. You had, yeah, <laughs> you you bad. You know, you not bad. You bragged a lot about Boke, and then he came and scored. He scored at what thirty something. But yes, you Tom Lynch. Yes, well done. No, it's it only comes into effect the direct week that I uh, I do the guess who. So Tom Lynch, yeah. he uh, came out and scored one hundred and twenty five. Um, well done to anyone who's got him. He's only in 2.3% of teams and he's gone up 200K just about to be the second highest price forward. Um, so that was last week, Clinton. So I'm three from four now, um, the success rate of my guess who's. Guess who for this week, Clinton? Price at 580K, I've scored above 150 twice this season. My lowest score is eight. Feel free to jump in whenever you know the answer. Yeah. My lowest score is 81, and I'm averaging 110. I have the third highest three-round average, and my price pretty much hasn't changed for the whole year. I'm coming up against the weakest team this this week, and I've scored above 130 against them in previous seasons. Hmm. You've stumped me on that one. You finally succeeded. I play. I play for. I play for GWS. Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly, I think, mm. is flying under the radar a bit. He's um, he's 
even though the rest of his team's struggling over the last few weeks, he's, uh, he's still performing. He's over the last three weeks, he's averaged 131. Last five round average 118. Um, and he's only in 7% of teams. Uh, so just go through his last, have you got his stats in front of you? I sure do. Yep. Just go through his last five scores. Last five, 156, 85, 153, 93, 106. So what concerns me is two massive scores and then the other three scores you wouldn't be overly pleased with as a premium midfielder. So I think it's been the nature of the Giants this year that sometimes they can score okay, sometimes poor. Um, it's uh, Reality is it's a whole new ball game with a new coach. Anything could happen. You don't know. So I wouldn't personally bring him in this way for two reasons. It's a new coach. Um, and the other reason is they've got the first buy. So if you're holding the likes of Whitfield and Cornelio, I would understand the reasons why to keep. But, yeah, it's uh, very unpredictable. No, good call, Clinton. But um, wouldn't be surprised um, of the track record of my guess if he comes out and scores another 150 this week. Uh, let's get into the bold predictions, Clinton. So I'll kick off. With a player a that we both saw. Bowl Predictions um, doesn't have a jingle yet. So, <laughs> I um, knew there's something missing in this show. Thanks, thanks for calling that out. Um, yep, leave feedback if you request a jingle for Bowl Predictions. Um, last week we both Bowl predicted Butters, I believe, Clinton. Yeah. I, I predicted that he, I predicted he was a high scoring forward. Uh, no. Not quite, but I said 120. He scored 104, so I'd, I would have been happy with at least, a, I guess, a 90. I was happy with 104, so he's saved his spot in my team for now. Yep, me too. And what was your other bold prediction last week, Clint? Um, I was expecting a monster score for one Luke Parker against the Bombers. Um, maybe he was too busy taunting, but... Uh, I said 150 plus, but he scored 105. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think it was just one of those games where the Swans spread out the, the points a lot. Mills obviously did his thing once again, but uh, yeah, I'm still very content with having Park in the forward line. Yep, good call. Um, my other bold prediction last week was my Moz on McRae, who at halftime I thought I was nearly on. I was. Predicted that he'd score below 110, um, and he scored 117. So I was incorrect there. Stiff. Um, yeah. <laughs> Moz always doesn't doesn't work. I'm two from four now. Um, my first bold prediction for this week, Clinton. You've just said that they've they've got a new coach, but they're playing against West Coast. So I think my bold prediction will be. Between Proust, Taranto, Whitfield, and Canelio, they will score 500. Oh, wow. I'd, happy, I'd be happy if Proust scores 200 of that. But, um, yeah, good luck with that. I'm not sure. Run through the names again. Proust, Taranto, Whitfield, and Canelio. Wow. There's two very dubious ones. Which are still relatively well owned, but um, good luck is all I'll say. Thank you. Your first prediction. Um, just keep in mind, Melbourne was predicted to score a lot versus West Coast last week, and they didn't really. So we'll see. Um, my first bold prediction: Tom Stewart. Tom Stewart. Have you? Are you an owner? I'm not, unfortunately. This week and next, they play at uh, Alphabet Stadium, GMHBA. Is it still called that or not? No idea. It changes every week, doesn't it? Cardinia Park. Um, how many times have you played there this year, Blake? Do you know? Uh, I'm sure Off you're going to tell me. He's played there once. 
He missed he missed the other game at home, didn't he? Correct. Do you know why he scored that one game he played there? Probably 160. He scored 187. Now I'm not predicting he'll score more than that. But come on, be I'm, be bold, Clinton. I am predicting that he'll have another monster score. Um, Port Adelaide, I think, are generally a team that sort of play on quick and rush their entries inside 50. So I'm predicting Tom Stewart to score 150 plus. All right, good call, Clinton. I don't know how how many times has he scored 150 this year. Wouldn't surprise me if it's more than once. It's once. His second high score is 129. So a 150 score would be pretty outlandish prediction. Yeah, very bold from you, Clinton. Well done. Thank you. Uh, This week's week's Moz. Can we leave your your Moz to last? Let me go first before I get too frustrated. All right. I I, I don't want (laughs) to... I don't. I don't think. I don't think you've got this one, so you might be oh, safe okay. this week. Uh, I'll just go first anyway, just in case. Um, your mozes should always go last. Um, my second bold prediction: Morris Rioli scored seven points last week. Um, so there's a there was a lot. A lot of frustrated new owners out there, especially the ones. Oh, who I just saw in. who they're playing against. Who are they playing against? They are scared, frightened, frightened little boys. They are playing Essendon. Morris Riel in his first game scored ninety-two. My bold prediction is that he'll score more than that versus Essendon. And considering he scored seven last week, 92 is relatively bold. <laughs> He's going to score at least, what's that, 13 times more. Because it's against Essendon, um, I don't know how bold that is, but um, <laughs> let's, I'll let let's you have it. I'll let you have it. It could, be a, it could score 120, let's be honest. Um, my Moz for this week, a player who's been absolutely dominating Clinton and I think he's just due for a low score because he hasn't had one yet, and that is Rory Laird to score below 85 is my bold prediction. Just purely out of the fact that he hasn't put in a bad score all season. So there you go. There's the player who I'm guessing is on your wish list. Um, <laughs> I've put the Moz on him. And I'm two from four so far, Clinton. And he'll be my third bold. He'll be my third Moz that comes correct. Next segment. <laughs> um, before we get into community questions, Clinton, uh, just quickly, I don't have many whispers for you this week. Um, I haven't got much breaking oh, news, but um, Blake's breaking news. The yeah, Blake's whispers. Um, <laughs> it's not very um, not very secretive here. The, the pretty much the big news from this week was Jack Steele's out for a, at least the next six weeks, who requires surgery on his shoulder, and also Jerry for um, North Melbourne has recovered faster from his foot injury than expected and should be available for selection next week. That's pretty much all I've got for you for Whispers, Clinton. Have you got any uh, any news for us? No. Well, well, Whispered, Blake. Um, no, it's obviously it's difficult for us recording Wednesday. It's middle of the week. Uh, a lot of the news comes out mainly Thursday in the lead-up to team. So um, you know, besides the obvious, um, that's all we can do here. So it's probably uh, not a very... Uh, Relevant let's, segment. Let's move, let's, move, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's go. One of the best music. I'm sure the feedback about that one will be good. Uh, community questions. Because we uh, received limited number of community questions this week, Clinton, I've, I've got a f- questions with a twist for you um, for the community questions segment this week. I'm, tr- I'm intrigued. So what I'm going to provide you, Clinton, with, is some information about a player and a random question. You've got to answer the question and provide 
um, some knowledge about the player for us. Two questions so, in one, is that right? Essentially. A statement with a question, but pretty much two questions. Okay. So um, <laughs> yeah. with Jack Steele being out this week, Clinton, um, yeah. a lot of players, a lot of super coach teams are bringing in the likes of Laird and Mills and they're spending a lot of money on these players. Um, yes. Do you call a chicken parmigiana a palmer or a palmy? It's uh, now actually one of our patrons, uh, his name's Stephen. Now he's like, if there was a rally in terms of <laughs> picking a side on this, like he'd be the at the front. He's got a, a long mallet and he'd be at the front with the sign Palmer. And I'm a firm, if you're Victorian, it, sh- it should be illegal to say Palmy. I don't care about other states. You can call it whatever you want. But in Victoria, it's a Palmer. That's my opinion Thank on you. that. The second answer is uh, if you're getting rid of Jack Steele, um, I'm fortunate enough to not be an owner. If you have Jack Steele, obviously, depending on your buyers, that's the most important thing, which is very, very relevant. But the best risk, the best uh, players to bring, if you don't have Petrarca, I think he's a great in. Rory Laird would be probably my number two. Oh, I think yeah, it depends who you have. Uh, Tuke Miller, Petrarca, Laird. If it depends who you don't have, but um, Laird seems to be a very popular player this week because um, not a lot of people own him, and he's a player that I like a lot because he's very consistent and he will score more than what your ever Moz was <laughs> that you mentioned earlier. Um, even even though they're so expensive, Clinton, you'd still pay up for these sort of ultra premiums in Laird and Mills, they're getting close to 650K now. Is that too much to spend? Mills is that borderline, which uh, he is slightly above, but he, I'd, I'd choose Laird over Mills this week. Um, but then... Just because of the buys? Uh, they share the same buy, uh, I believe. So it's just the pricing. Okay. So I think right now Mills has a high break even so i think that's what would sway me to get led because he seems to be building his scores and looks hard to stop so i think there's nothing wrong with what he's been doing and he's that 30k cheaper and i and i would personally choose those types of players over the likes of brayshaw or anyone cheaper than the sort of petrarca price i'd i'd yeah if you're upgrading now my aim would be to upgrade to those top premiums. No, good call. Us, it's a it's a next question for you, Clinton. I saw people are trading in. Rory Thompson is being traded in by nearly three percent. I mean, sorry, by nearly three thousand teams. Um, just discuss the best rookie options for me this week, Clinton. And what's your favourite Seinfeld episode? <laughs> Seinfeld is my favorite show. Um, uh, Have you got a favorite episode? I've got so many. It's it, it's like picking your favorite child. Um, my uh, my favorite Seinfeld episode. Um, I like the random ones. I actually like the Chinese restaurant because it's a, one of the older ones and just them talking. Like those those episodes when they're in a cafe just talking rubbish for about two or three minutes. Like that's that's my favorite bit of the show. Obviously the storylines are great, but um, let's go to the Chinese restaurant. My second answer is Buku Kamas and Rory Thompson are great options. Um, Rory Thompson, I know you, correct. Uh, right now you want you want players to that can be covered throughout the buyers. Um, and Buku is, has great potential to score well the next few weeks. Um, he's playing up forward. This is my big dilemma for this week in terms of these two. Um, obviously, Greg Clark, if you don't have him, 
he's a must-have, I'd say. Must-have is strong words, but that's your priority number one. Um, I still don't have him, so he's coming in for me. But, yeah, I think because those two players I mentioned earlier are defensive options, um, they, these types of players may not be coming through the next month or four to five weeks when we need a downgrade. So that's why I'm leaning towards boosting to get one of these in. Buku Kamas should score well for the Bulldogs next three weeks. So I think he's got great short-term potential, whereas Rory Thompson is just a player that can, although he may not score a lot, he's a rookie, he's a downgrade option. So it's not about him scoring massive. It's about him having a heartbeat on your bench and throughout the buys, he can hopefully score 50 or 60 and then he can be a bench option for the rest of the season just in case there's a an injury and you're very low on trades. You could play him for one week and get a hopefully an eight, hopefully a 70, 80 because I think his job security is good and that's all you want because you're downgrading him from someone else. So hopefully gaining 200K or 300K from a downgrade. So you're, you're improving your team. So it's not about his points necessarily. So they're both good options. What do you think, Blake? I disagree with Rory Thompson. He's uh, he's averaging 44 this year. So he's played twice, yeah. He's played twice, but he's also played twice in the last four seasons. So yeah. he's very injury prone. So he, Injuries happen, yeah. For the last four seasons, um, and he's never scored. He's only scored above eighty once in about a hundred game career. So I don't think he's, even if he is playing every week, I don't think he's worth having on the bench personally. Each their own. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're laughing so, at me. No, it was just um, you answered my question already. Um, regarding Greg Clark, is he still an option to have on the field this week, um, considering he only scored 60, 62 last round? And um, do you prefer Spider-Man, Batman or Superman? I'm not a, whatever it's called, Marvel or DC Comics or whatever they're called. Um, I'm not that type of person but if I was to choose one I'd prefer Batman and um, what was the first one <laughs> you've got me you finally <laughs> uh, um, uh, is, is it still okay to have Greg Clark on the field considering he only had scored 62 I'm moving my team around so Greg Clark is on field for me um, uh, I think of all the rookie options I, I th- the likes of Dacos, Juan Francis, all those types of rookies that we've had, um, I, I'd prefer to try and shift your team around to have him on field because I think he's got the potential to score well and that allows you to upgrade elsewhere. So I think that's what I'm doing to try and maximise my points on field because I think he'll score well as a cheap rookie and then you can have better options on your field, whether it be forward or back, if you're shifting your team around, just yeah, trying to get those premiums on field. Um, I haven't got any more trick questions for you, Clinton, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on GWS players in general. The likes of, um, I know you've already traded out Whitfield and Supercoach, but uh, Whitfield and Canelio, um, with the change of coach, or oh, even Taranto's hasn't been scoring well the last four weeks. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on GWS players. Well, in terms of bringing them in, I wouldn't. There's only two more rounds until they have the buy, I believe. Um, so I wouldn't be bringing any in right now. So that's in, that's including Josh Kelly. All depending on your buy structure. If you're, I don't know, if you're, yeah, I don't know why you'd bring it in now. But then also, if um, if you have them, I would be... If you Canel- still have Canelio has got a break even of 146 this week. I'll start with Whitfield. If you still have, if you've held Whitfield all season, I'd hold him again because he's already lost so much money 
And I think there's he's got the probably the best potential to start scoring well. Um, but it's a big unknown. So I'd definitely keep Whitfield if uh, I had him. Cornelio's in a different boat. At the end of the day, he was – we bought in Whitfield as a premium at the start of the year. We bought in Cornelio as a pretty much a rookie. So instead of uh, being angry about his score on the weekend, we should still be pretty thankful that he's done so well for us this year. He's averaged whatever it was, 88 for the season. He's done his job. I think holding him still now is a risk. And he got a knock last week. Um, his break even is so high. For me, I'm, I'm not going to wait an extra week. I'm just gonna, I'm getting rid of him now to upgrade my team further rather than risking what could happen this week. So in the Cornelio case, he's done a great job. He's ignoring his score on the weekend. He was averaging what mid nineties. So yeah, yes, it was disappointing, but. He's done his job. He's averaged 88 for the year. It's time to go. Um, if you've got the loss of Toronto, yeah, he's he's been a risky or uh, a danger selection. And yeah, he hasn't gone well, but I'd definitely keep him. So there's my answer. No, good call. Um, any concerns around Max Gorn at all? Any concerns about Max Gorn? Uh, not really. Yeah. I believe they went over to Perth. He was coming off his slight injury concern. I, uh, I just felt as if Melbourne went over there to get the points and leave. But if they wanted to, they could have won by 140 points, but they just did the job. I think that was similar to Oliver. Petrarca filled his boots a bit and could have scored more goals, but um, they went over there, did the job, went home. I'm expecting Oliver and Gorn to score a lot better this week. I'm seeing a fair few teams on Twitter and social media, Clinton, that are they're boasting about their full premium um, defence or their full premium midfield. Is it worth having a few players of differential in those positions? Not necessarily. I mean, uh, for example, with the backs, you may, you may think you've got a locked-in back six. For example, right now, I do. But in saying that, that doesn't mean they're all going to be the top six. I mean, there's so many – there's such a fine margin between uh, maybe a handful of people. So, for example, might be a Jack Crisp or a Jack Sinclair. I don't have in my team, but they're scoring really well. Um, so... Uh, Everyone, everyone might have slightly different premiums. So, yeah, if you've upgraded your midfield to full premium, that's great. But as I said earlier, I'd argue Greg Clark on field in M8 may be better than a, one of your rookies that you've got at F6 or D6. So, um, yeah, that's the challenge of it. Obviously, we all want to get to full premium. It's just about what order we make that happen. And... Um, yeah, so I think I think I mentioned last week potentially, but with the forward line, I think that's all changing with in a couple of weeks with the positional changes. So you have to be really careful if you've already got a, a premium forward line. Uh, maybe you've upgraded to the wrong people because pretty soon there may be some players with a lot higher averages than what you currently have. And that would include the likes of about five Bulldogs players. So uh, that's the one line in particular that you have to be careful of, of upgrading too soon. Yep. Good call, Clinton. Did you have any other players you want to discuss before we get into our trade plans? Uh, not necessarily. I think obviously, uh, obviously brought up the, the Karmas and the Rory Thompson options, which I think is relevant. Obviously, you're a bit dismissive of Thompson, but I think it's pretty important to work out what your defensive bench is looking like. And yeah, maybe in a five weeks' time, there won't be those rookies or three weeks' time, there won't be those rookies coming through. But um, yeah, obviously, I think we've touched on the other premiums. So yeah, I think we're ready to move on. 
Yep, I'll uh, get into my trade plans for this week. Yep, so I'm stuck with Jack Steele, so he's getting traded out of my team, Clinton. Um, There's no point holding him for six weeks while you're trying to upgrade to a premium team. So he's getting traded out. And for the moment, I think my value in the midfield, he potentially might be tra- made into a forward very soon, and that's Bailey Smith. Um, averaging 111, he can still hold down a spot in the midfield even if he doesn't um, move to a forward line spot. Um, I am downgrading Ward from Hawthorne to Ukukamis by making some looping uh sideways moves and I'm also using my final trade boost Clinton and I'm trading out you've talked me into trading out Canelio it was going to be Nick Martin but now I'm trading out Canelio and I'm bringing in McRae who should have been in my team a long time ago um, I'm br- so bringing in three Bulldogs options all with the goodbye um yeah, that's is, my... Is, is that a good buy for you, though? Have you checked your round 13 team? Absolutely. My 13 and 14 is looking very good. My 12 is struggling. Um, so I've got about... Before making trades this week, I've got about 15 players playing in round 12. So that is why I'm boosting boosting for uh, the round 13 um, from... yeah. And my captaincy options, This go through your uh, trades, Clinton, then we'll uh, discuss captaincies. Sure. Um, I'm definitely making two. Uh, Gibkiss doesn't sound like he's going to be playing this week. I think that could have been part of your whispers. Um, I think he's still in recovery mode from COVID. Um, and Cornelio is leaving my team. Uh, I'm bringing in Greg Clark. Um, and going to field him at M8. And I'm also bringing in Rory Laird. I'm very confident in that pick. He's just watching the game last week. Because I was watching Zorko so closely, um, but Rory Laird's just so impressive. He just hunts the ball. He gets points for fun. So uh, that's the two changes I'm making. The third and my final boost also will happen depending on selection because besides I'll have pretty much a full bench playing, uh, which will limit my VC options, but I'm still holding Dylan Stevens. Um, I've held out hope the last month that he'll get back in. It hasn't happened, but uh, I think it's Robottom got suspended. So maybe there's a chance, a chance that he comes in this week. If he does play this week, I won't boost and I'll just leave the team as is because there's no one else I really want to trade. However, as I said, uh, I could easily just leave it like that. But with Stevens doing nothing on the bench and with them playing Friday night, uh, I think, as I said earlier, with those two defensive rookies coming in, I think now's a good time to try and just cash in a little bit more money and get a a cheap defender in, and I'm not sure if, if, as I said, if Stevens isn't selected, I'm going to trade him to one of Karmas and Thompson. I'm still really undecided, but because of his scoring potential the next few weeks, I'm probably going to go Karmas. And if that, if I do go Karmas, I really do hope he scores well the next few weeks, not only to score well, to make money, but then also for, so he stays in the team for the, after his buy. That's the, my, my main concern because I don't want to upgrade my team and then about round 15, 16, I have no players playing my bench. That's that's why Thompson would be a better option compared to Carlos. That's my dilemma with that one. Yep. Very good, Clinton. Um there's a fair few decent captaincy options this week, in my opinion. Um, Western Bulldogs are playing against Gold Coast. Melbourne are playing against North Melbourne. Um, 
Brisbane versus Hawthorne is probably a good fixture for Neil. So um, my VC at the moment is McRae after I've bought him in. It's going well for me so far, captaining an op- a player who I've just bought in. So McRae is my VC and Lockie Neal is my captain. Um, and then if Gibkiss isn't playing, he'll be my looping option so so that I can captain Neil if I need to or captain McRae if I need to, sorry. Well done. Yeah, did you know about the, that Gibkiss news? I didn't, but I just saw the um, red flag still on him. Yeah, I just um, it just makes my trades work. That's why he's going for me. Um, but yeah, as I said, I, I don't think I'm going to have a loop. So my VC may be irrelevant, but just in case there's a late out, I just want to lock it in on a Friday night. So uh, I'm leaning towards. It could be either. I'll decide probably just for the bounce, but it'll be either Cripps or Luke Parker. Uh, they both have potential to score well. Um, I don't know. Hewitt, Hewitt has been going quite well, but I think for ceiling reasons, I might, yeah, Parker or Cripps. And then, yeah, I'll probably lean towards Lockheed Neal or I'm tempted to go... I like doing this. I like going back in someone I just bring into my team. So Rory Laird... Despite your moz, I'm, I may be Captain Rory Laird versus Sekilda at home. So uh, that's my team. And just, yeah, if I do boost, that would take my trades down to 15 and 100k in the bank. And then I'd still have, yeah, as I said, I have Greg Clark at M8 and I'd have Darcy Cameron and Nick Martin at my two... F5 and F, F6, which I'd like to upgrade to potentially two Bulldogs. How many players do you have averaging below 80, Clinton? On field? On, on, on field, yep. Uh, at the moment, just Darcy Cameron, who is a bit of a deceiving one because he's scoring really, really well the last three weeks. So I'd have Darcy, as I said, they're, they're my three. They'd be my three lowest averaging players. Zach, yeah. Butters, Zach Butters is still in that iffy zone that uh, come a couple you know, a month's time, he may, if he puts out a couple of low scores, I'd be upgrading him also to maybe a third or, sorry, a fourth. I'd have Dunkley, and you know, let's wait and see what happens, but maybe Bont and maybe Liver or Bailey Smith as well. Yeah. Tim, Tim, Tim English, I don't have also. Yeah, I'd like to get Tim English into my side as a ruck option going forward once he's back playing. All right, Clinton, um, that'll do us for our Super Coach segment. Thank you for everyone who's tuned in so far. Um, I saw from last week that the majority of people who watch the show, they saved for the whole Super Coach segment. Um, and then if they weren't interested in fantasy, they sort of dropped off a bit. But um, so thank you if you have just watched this segment and make sure you leave a like and subscribe to the channel and make sure you leave us that feedback that um, we need by the sound of it, Clinton. Um, so let's get into AFL fantasy. Yep, so we're at the 44-minute uh, mark now, Clinton, just about. Last week, I think I forgot to put the chapters on the YouTube channel, so that was my bad if whoever was looking for that um, so they could skip straight to fantasy. I'll make sure we do it this week. Um, yeah, let's get straight into our AFL fantasy review from last round, Clinton. I'll kick us off um, with – so my score – I scored 2,101, um, which is good to be back in the 2000s. Um, and then my overall ranking is 3,813. Um, so I think I've moved up the rankings about 300 spots. My, <coughs> I had a bit of carnage last week going into round nine. I had... Uh, O'Driscoll come out. I had Horn Francis going out of the team. Tom Mitchell was um, managed. Nash was subbed in the end. Hugh Dixon wasn't supposed to be playing, then ended up did playing. So I had a bit of carnage. So I ended up trading out Horn Francis and O'Driscoll for Fremantle. 
And I bought in Luke Parker. And because of the limited numbers that I had playing, I ended up playing um, Sam Butler for Hawthorne on my field, who um, he, he's not going to be in my hits and misses segment because it wasn't his fault that he was on my field, but he scored 17 points for me, um, which is quite disappointing. The thing that saved me for the week was Petrarca. I captained him and he scored 139. So very happy with that. How'd you go, Clinton? Young Sammy Butler is a good St. Pat's boy. He uh, shouldn't have been on your field bike, so don't blame him. Yeah, uh, it wasn't so, his fault. <laughs> um, my score, I scored 21.86, which was a good score for me because I've just been, yeah, just slowly making up ground. So it was a good score. I'm into the top 10K now, Blake, so I'm making ground 9,929. Uh I could have gone down the same path as I have been and just trading at a couple of those players that are out injured, but I decided to play it a bit more aggressive. I had Horn Francis leaving my team, and despite having a couple more players injured, including O'Driscoll and still got Jack Hayes, um, I took out Horn Francis and Nick Dacos. So I wanted to chase in a couple of targets. I got in Darcy Cameron and I got in Dane Zorko. So um, happy with those moves. Uh, I'm just looking back very quickly now. I VC'd uh, Bailey Smith. I took his VC. I was going to play it a bit risky and captain someone else random, but I decided just to take his VC. And, yeah, overall happy with the team. So uh, making ground and... Yeah, just slowly catching up to Young Zacks. Yeah, you were taunting me last week after I had so much carnage on my bench and um, I don't have very much depth there at the moment. So you're pretty confident you're going to catch me, Clinton. We'll see how we go. Let's get into our hits and misses from last week. Well, that woke me up again. That was good. Um <laughs> Um, so another young hits or misses first, Clinton. Yes, I, I got that. Yep. Um, don't really go. My, no, oh. that's all right. My hit um, was my premium players in Petrarca, scored big 139. McRae scored me 123. So I'm very happy with my premium midfielders there who have – some of them have been very inconsistent for me, but um, – those two have been very solid, so they deserve a good shout-out. And Petrarca and McRae as my two hits, Clinton. Well done. A uh, couple for me. I'm happy with Dane Zorko, uh, so I went a bit risky and brought him in. Uh, I think on Monday when I was writing down some notes, he, he's, he was in 5% of terms. I'm not sure if that's increased now, but it's not. It's uh, handy to bring in a player only owned by that many, and for him to score 112, I was happy with. Um, another big hit was Mills I brought in a few weeks ago. Um, and, yeah, extremely happy. He was – on Monday, he was in 8% of the team. So, team scored 156. Very happy. And, yeah, th- th- they were both the two names. I think last week I actually said I was going to captain Mills. But after Bailey Smith's 116, whatever it was, I, I played it safe and took that, but I, I think I messaged you that I was very tempted to actually captain Zorko, being a new recruit into my team. But I played it safe. I was kept on Bailey Smith, but one of, the, one of those hindsight things, if I had kept on the Mills, I would have scored a bit more. But um, they were my two hits, Zorko and Mills. Yep, well played. My missus, uh, Whitfield... He's been actually pretty solid in fantasy. He's still been averaging around the 85-90 mark, but um, this wasn't good enough. He put in a score of 46 on field for me on the weekend, so he was my miss. And another GWS player who's been very inconsistent for me in Tom Green has scored 74. It's not good enough for a player of his calibre and price. Um, Hopefully bounces back this week um, with the new coach leading the reins. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think when you first brought him in, I, I was a bit 
worried about that pick when you first got him in. And uh, yeah, so can you do you have Cornelio in fantasy? No, not in fantasy, no. All right. So yeah, I have him. So he scored 49, uh, which is concerning. Uh, but as mentioned earlier, in fantasy, I feel I'm going to keep both Whitfield and Cornelio. Uh, just give him one more chance in fantasy. Uh, but Cornelio is owned by 35% of the comp. So a lot of people had, and 49% have Whitfield. So uh, quite a few may be trading them this week, but I think in fantasy, it's worthwhile keeping uh, for one more week just to see what will happen. Uh, so obviously, to echo your Whitfield, Cornelio, Jake Bowie, uh, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times, and listening to the traders on a Monday, Warney's also got Bowie. I think he's had his negative three for about the last six weeks. So um, I'm in the same boat. So I think it's time for Bowie to, Bowie, to leave uh, uh, my team because he scored 55 against West Coast, which, you know, that's why I kept him. And despite playing Kangaroos this week, I think it's the right move to make. But the frustrating thing is watching Melbourne play, he, he gets in so many good spots. And it's like I can see that this week he could score 120. But... Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to upgrade my team, so it's probably time to move on him. Between Bowie and um, Whitfield, when they're playing across that half-back line, they get into some great spots, but, yeah, their teammates don't look in board enough, I don't think, to actually use them. But um, let's get into community questions. All right, Clinton. So there's some players that are really starting to reach their peak now um, in terms of their price capacity. Nick Dacos, um, I know you traded him out early. Would you be looking to get him out as quickly as you could? Well, it's not as quickly as you could. It just depends on your team and um, it depends on other priorities. But it suited me last week. Um, in an ideal world, world, you'd probably keep him until he's by, but Depends on what you want, and if you, if it's his time to go, it's his time to go. So, um, uh, yeah, but I'll, it's it's not it's not a must trade in my eyes. It depends on on the rest of your team. Yeah, uh, which player do you think's got the best fixture this week, Clinton, or which team would you say? Which team is the best fixture? It's hard to go past Melbourne. Um, and that's my answer because I, West Coast actually restricted uh, Melbourne a bit last week and going across to GWS, I'm, I'm not super confident the Giants are just going to score massive. So despite me going to hold Whitfield and Cornelio, I'm not just super confident they're going to score massive, but I just want to see it. So... Without doubt, for me, the easiest fixture is Melbourne this week. Um, a player who we didn't discuss in Supercoach, Clinton, and should have been a part of the Whispers, is uh, Jack Crisp is battling the flu this week. Um, and he's, if in Supercoach, he's in both my Supercoach and Fantasy teams, I definitely wouldn't trade him in Supercoach. Would you consider trading him in Fantasy um, so that you can maximize your points for this week and because he's um, pretty much re reached his peak in price for fantasy probably, um, would you consider trading him this week if you had no other priorities? Uh, I wouldn't unless there's clear news that he's really struggling and may miss next week. Um, similar to the Tim English news uh, last week when they said he was sick and may not play next next week, if it came out that he's really battling, then I would trade him. But if it's looking like he could, first of all, he could play. Yeah. Um, so it's just uh, waiting to hear the news later in the week. But unless it's clear that he's, yeah. So uh, the answer is no, I wouldn't trade him because I mean, he gets a lot of the ball and you want to hold on to premiums like that. So. We've 
another defender that we've discussed in Supercoach, Clinton, is a player who's the fifth highest averaging um, player in fantasy in Alex Witherden. Any consideration into Alex Witherden, who's averaging 101, and he put out a score of 112 last week? Uh, if I was looking for a top defender premium this week, I'd, I, I would actually consider him, but um, that's not the player that I'm looking to bring in this week. Um, yeah, so in short, he's definitely worth looking at. If you if you're after a defensive premium, I wouldn't. I wouldn't shy away from him. The, the ball's down there a lot. He's marking, he's kicking. So he, I think he's a good option, but uh, not for me at the moment. Yep. Uh, best rookie options for fantasy this week, Clinton. Usually it's um, a player playing his first game. I haven't heard of any um, news breaking regarding any debutants this week. But um, besides from those players we don't know about, best rookie options considering – Clark's already up to 313k. Same as Carroll. Um, best rookie options for this week. Uh, obviously, depends on selection tomorrow night, Blake, and if the, if there is any debutants. But it's clearly two bulldogs for me, and that's Cleary and I'm still going to mention Karmas here. Um, but for slightly cheaper, he's played one. Cleary looked pretty pretty solid, so I think he. Him for me would be the clear top pick, but then I still think Karmas over the next couple of weeks, maybe this week at Ballarat, he's got potential to score well. Um, may depend on the conditions in Ballarat. If it is really cold and wet, which is likely in Ballarat, but it's more so the following week when they I can't remember who they play, but uh, they play. West Coast next week. Um, so he's got good potential to score well, but in short, Cleary number one for me and probably Carver's number two, but depends on teams tomorrow. I think pretty much each week for my rookies, I've been selecting a first game of just about, which, all, which could be my demise in the end because a lot of these players have played one or two games and then gone out on the other team, players like Mead or, um, yeah, I wonder how Butler's job security is like after his performance on the weekend. Hoff didn't play many games for West Coast. So it by doing that, it's um, limited my bench options now. So I really need to rethink my strategy going forward for rookies. Yeah, I think um, that's something I addressed a lot early which is why I think you're ranked a lot higher than me. You're chasing those on-field points. I was sort of sorting out rookies. So it'll be interesting to see what works in the long, long run. Um, so I've got a pretty much, as I said, I played a, a bit differently last week. I actually did do opposite of that. I brought in, uh, I'd traded out Dacos ahead of his time to bring in Cameron and Zorko. But yeah, I've got a pretty much full bench almost. And then, um, I've got some, yeah, some fair amount of coin banked up there. So when I trade a bit more in the next few weeks, I should be able to upgrade quicker. Just looking at my team, sorry, quickly, Blake, and about four or five weeks ago, some very popular names the fall line read the likes of Dunkley, Cornelio, Brody, Butters, Nick Martin. I've just chucked in Darcy Cameron as well into that mix, but... The best teams over the next month will be the ones to top, get the timing right to upgrade those types of players. Um, as we've mentioned, there's a lot of dual position players about to come into it, and just your ability to make those quick moves will be really important. So, um, yeah, the four line is going to be the interesting part, I think. It's, it's, yeah, good call, Clinton. I've got a lot of those players, which majority of teams do. Um, have you, this might be putting you on the spot a bit, have you noticed any players um, who have fallen in price who you think might be due to turn it around for any particular reason or you've seen a swing in their form at all? Uh, it's a good question because that's going to be one of my trading this week. So um, just due to the money that I've got and which players I want to get rid of, um, 
we're skipping ahead here, but uh, as I said, I've got O'Driscoll's going out of my team and Bowie, who's been disappointing recently, despite looking okay in terms of get, going near the ball. But um, that just leaves me with enough money to bring in Cleary, who I've mentioned, is a, who I think is the best rookie. But that leaves me about just under 800000 to bring in a player. And so I can't afford the top premiums, which I normally try and get in. So I was looking at that that list of players, and someone someone that's really appealing to me, obviously due to his price and which buy he has, I'm really liking the look of Caleb Sarong. His last two weeks reads 126-112. He's been the highest tackler for Fremont in those two weeks. I believe the forecast for Perth when they play the Pies this week is also a bit of rain. So he had a monster amount of tackles last week versus Gold Coast in the wet. So all depends what ha- what happens with Fife the next couple of weeks. But I'm hoping the next month when they play Collingwood, Melbourne, Brisbane, Hawthorne, he can score really well for me. I'm hoping he can score premium numbers, but he's at a bit of a discount at 719k. Yeah, a player who you've already um, brought into your team, Clinton, who's probably on similar lines. Um, Zorko's dropped by 123k, um, and now is is averaging 116 over the last three weeks. So he's those kinds of players that you want to get on now um, before they get back up to their what they should be priced at. Um, you noticed it last week. Um, and yeah, these are the kinds of players you need to jump on while before they go back up to their price. Someone else, yeah, just reading through a list, and this is a bit different with the buyer situation. But Ollie Wines is a player I had last year. I brought him in pretty early, and he won the Brownlow, so he scored pretty well all year. But um, with his health concerns and Port not playing well at the start of the year. He's dipped in price, but he bounced back on the weekend with 128. I wouldn't bring him in during his buy, but he's the type of player in terms of that sort of price that I think is potentially go back up towards that 900,000. It's not about just them going, uh, making money. It's just about what they can do on field. And Bonton Pally's on 801K. Um, so... Taranto, I think he's one of the ones that's a real watch with a new coach. Um, so Trelaw is, is still very well priced with how he's scored potentially. So I think there's a lot of great options. So um, it all depends which which rain you want to pull. That's the best thing about fantasy. Yep. Did you have any other plays you want to discuss before we talk about our trade plans, even though you've already <laughs> gone through yours this about? No, I don't think so. I think um, uh, just another quick shout out. I didn't have him. Yeah, Angus Brayshaw is. I'm happy with that. I just want to mention it again because I think I, I was happy with his pick, and now he's gone down back. I, I, I can see him smiling there. Yeah, and no, I was happy with that pick. Um, uh, no, looking across. No, it all depends. Just a quick reminder. It's all about the buyers. Looking at your buyers and making sure you. Your players that you're bringing in suit so you can still maximize the points throughout those weeks. So, uh, no, let's go into the trades, play. Yep, thank you. So, trade plans. Bit of a happy jingle. Um, my trade plans I need to get rid of Nash after he was subbed last week so he will be downgraded to I've got to wait to see the teams um, <laughs> even though I said my strategy of first game is, isn't working I still want to try and get as much value I can so hopefully a player pops up out of the woodwork that's low price because I don't trust many at the moment Um so it's just going to be the best rookie option. It might be Buku somehow. Um, so downgrading Nash to a rookie and then upgrading Dacos, that would give me enough cash to get any player I want. 
And at the moment for me, the player that I want is Bailey Smith. He's, uh, again, with the buyers, he's got a good buy for my team and hoping he swings into the forward line very soon, averaging 118 points. Nice pick. Two trades. Nice pick. Well done. Um, yeah, the best thing about him is he just runs so hard and he's got high time on ground and he gets a lot of marks as well. So, um, yeah, very good. Um, I've already spoiled my trade. So, yeah, O'Driscoll and Bowie out. Yeah. Cleary, Cleary's the rookie that I'm going to bring in and Sarong is the player that is slightly cheap at his price and hopefully can score well in the next month. Uh, that will leave me with, yeah, just the 80K in the bank. But, um, yeah, just looking at my bench and, yeah, that, I still have Jack Hayes, which will go down next week and then I'll upgrade someone else. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy with those. So I do have a loop option and my VC, I've got Mills on the Friday night, which, uh, yeah, We'll see how he goes. And then as a backup, uh, I'll probably lean towards either. I could go one of the Bulldogs in that game, but I'm still tempted by Took. So um, he's just a machine, and the Bulldogs don't normally tag, and I don't think they'd have someone that could run with Took unless it is Bailey Smith, but I doubt that. So, yeah, I'll just uh, – VC Mills, Took, see. Yep, um, I am going to VC McRae. I'm sure I'll have a looping option on my bench. Um, Gibkiss or there'll be a rookie on there who's not playing some. Uh, McRae, VC and Lockie Neal against Hawthorne will be my captaincy option. Excellent. It's got that stage, Blake. I've just uh, I've hung in this long, and I didn't mention it earlier, but I do have COVID, so I've done well to survive the air, and my voice is um, stuck through. And hopefully, this won't be a sick dog next week. Yeah, you've um, got through the show very well, Clinton. Better than when a sick dog turned up a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but. Um... <laughs> Now, thanks for joining us again for our AFL Fantasy and Supercoach Round 10 show, Clinton. Um, yeah, make sure you leave a like and subscribe and make sure um, you also leave some feedback for us on our show notes. We're on Apple or Spotify podcasts and then YouTube like Evan did for us last week. We really appreciate any feedback that you give to us. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll see you next week. Thank you, Clinton. Thank you, Blake. Good luck for Round 10.